Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
Today's Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. Coming up next on Roland Martin on Phil Street. It is election day all across the country. We'll tell you what to watch for and what is at stake in Mississippi. Jennifer Riley Collins uh, wants to be the next attorney general. We'll see what happens in that state with an exclusive interview with the African Union ambassador who was fired. She's here to explain. Also, white supremacist Richard Spencer's racist rants are revealed by one of his rivals. Plus, a Buffalo Wild Wings manager, actually two workers, fired for asking black diners to move because a white diner did not want to sit next to black folks. And in Kansas City, voters go to the polls today to rename after the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That's right, there's no such street. It's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. All right, folks, it is election day all across the country. A number of places we are looking at major races. First, in Kentucky, could Democrats take back the governor's mansion? The question is, that was a race that has now turned on the issue of health care and abortion in Mississippi. Uh, Democrats tried to crack the Republican stranglehold on all statewide offices. And in Virginia, could we see the anti-Trump folks win where Democrats are poised to take over the legislature in Virginia, you might recall in the last election, uh, the House was decided by a coin flip when both races tied. Well, we're looking at all of those races as well, in addition to uh, what's happening in Kansas City, uh, where voters are going to the polls over the naming of a street after Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And so it's uh, going to be quite an interesting day. Uh, this, of course, is going to be a precursor to 2020. We're also looking at mayoral election in Houston, where Sylvester Turner, uh, the first, uh, second black mayor in Houston's history, is running for re-election. And so he is being targeted by uh, a couple of white candidates, including an African-American candidate who's on the city council. Well, many people are asking, why in the hell is the white boy even running for mayor against Turner? His presence could potentially, depending on how many votes are cast, potentially knock Turner out of the runoff. And so we'll see what happens there as well. And so uh, it is quite the busy day. Uh, let's go to our panel first and foremost. Uh, Jason, uh, first of all, Dr. Jason Nichols, Department of African American Studies, University of Maryland, Akela Bethea, Communications Strategist, Malik Abdul, Republican Strategist. Uh, Jason, was interesting when you look at here, Virginia, all eyes are on Virginia. Uh, this is a state that uh, Republicans thought they could potentially flip. They have been getting clocked in Virginia, uh, and Democrats have been running very hard, and their goal is to take over the legislature uh, in Virginia. I think that's incredibly important. I think it's really good that the Democrats are finally focusing more on local elections, focusing on, on the state houses across the country, particularly in an important place like Virginia. This is going to be incredibly important. And, and you know, <clears throat> as many people have noted already, 
Uh, it is, this is an opportunity to actually win back some of these voters who don't normally vote for Democrats. I think that when you go through these state uh, House elections, these are where people sometimes are more likely to vote their conscience rather than just their party. And uh, hopefully in Virginia, the Democrats are, are able to uh, retake that House. And, you know, this will be a wave that goes through the country uh, in the next coming months. Kelly, we saw Democrats lose, lose nearly 1,000 seats under President Barack Obama in his eight years. In uh, the last in midterm, they reclaimed some 350 seats. They look to take uh, a lot more. Uh, there's a ton of dissatisfaction with Donald Trump across the country. That is having an impact not only on Republicans in Congress, but also in the state houses. You see what's happening in Texas, Num a massive number of retirements in Texas because they're getting their clocks clean in the suburbs in those congressional areas as well. Uh, and so there's great concern in many of these places that are red, but also that, that are purple, that Donald Trump is, is a tremendous drag on the ticket and could very well bring the Republican Party down. Well, if they haven't figured out that he's bringing the Republican Party down by now, I mean, there's kind of, you know, no hope in terms of, like, how the, the constituents of these respective districts will feel come voting day. Um, my concern really is the, the, the extreme bipartisanship and people just shifting to the Democratic Party just because they don't like Trump, even though that's good in terms of of voting and having Democrats, you know, take over in offices, but it'll also kind of like mingle up some of the issues of Democrats and you'll have like, say, like blue dog Democrats in, you know, certain positions that don't necessarily abide by Democratic values and whatnot. Yeah, but, 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 the, reality, yeah, I, I, but, but, but the reality is there are places where uh, you do have uh, districts that are evenly split. So the reality is you're going to have centrist Democrats win. Yeah. You're not going to have places where Democrats are going to be left or far left. And so that is the difference between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. In the Republican Party, you can forget the idea right. of being they're, a moderate. They're very I mean, it's right or yeah. far right. Uh, and so you're more likely to have more centrist Democrats, but the reality is in order for them to take over Congress, in order for them to take over uh, state legislatures, they're going to have to win in those areas where Republicans have actually won. Melek, your party is very concerned because they got their clocks clean in the midterms. Uh, they lost a number of places where Trump won 10, 15, 20, 25 points. They do not want to see a bloodbath today. Well, f first of all, go Naps. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially especially our red MAGA hat wearing ones uh, at the oh, parade. No. The, the MAGA ones? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Go Nats. Um, well, I, I think you pretty much captured it, captured it in what you were saying about what happens. Um, this is more cyclical than people are giving giving its due. You just mentioned the 1,000 or so seats that Obama lost. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's an average as far as... Um, no, it wasn't an average. What, you happened, what happened was in 2010, you had, of course, Republicans who won, but then you had massive voter suppression that was put in place in, by legislatures all across the country mm -hmm. that also aided that, that also drove a lot of partisan gerrymandering that led to those seats. As a result, what you're now seeing are Democrats uh, who are now actually running far more folks across, like in North Carolina, they actually ran in every single position. In Virginia, they begin, they begin to run in places where normally they would not run, and so now Republicans are having to defend races where they normally didn't. Yeah, but I think my point is still the same. I don't think that the idea that an, uh, the, uh, the party in power losing seats or maintaining or losing 
one house or the other. I don't think that that's something that's different. Of course, the Republican Party, we're going to want to um, fight all of our elections, any contested elections or not. I give the Democrats credit, just like I gave the Republicans credit of those who are willing to go into these districts. Will Hurd is another example. You know, just a lot of conversation about Will, Will Hurd down in Texas, but Will Hurd, I think, room one with about 47 or so percent of the vote the last time. So there wasn't like there was this groundswell. Well, first of all, in his district, actually, uh, which is not a, yeah go ahead no no but let's be clear first of all there that because of latino population there were five districts that were actually created that were new right republicans actually drew four of them to benefit mm. them only mm. one democrat yeah. so they drew that district uh, in, in, uh, uh, for the purpose uh, right. they barely won that but jason the real deal what you're facing here is republicans uh they they they've lost they've lost state seats in places where trump won big to to act as if you do not have an anti-trump view among moderates, among independents, even among Republicans, that's real. No, absolutely. I, I think that there is uh, a backlash. I think it's, this also comes down to <clears throat> comes down to turnout. And, you know, I think that Democrats, you know, what you were saying, I agree with it mostly, but I think Democrats have to take a little bit of responsibility for the bloodbath under Obama. They mm -hmm. didn't focus on those smaller elections. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why Republicans were able to take advantage and then when they all got in, one of the first things they did in places like North Carolina was voter suppression. They, you know, voter ID, all that kind of stuff happened because Democrats were focused on national elections right. and not quite as much on the local elections. And, and, they, and they changed strategy this time. Well, and, and I think well, that they're... They work focused on local races. Obama wins, kicks out Howard Dean. Uh, pulls in his folks, and he wasn't concerned about the national democratic infrastructure, and that was the problem. And right. so, uh, and that was a huge issue, and they knew they had to fix that. Uh, he was more concerned about organizing for America, Obama for America, which became organizing for America, which actually was competing with the DNC. Now what you have seen is you've now seen state parties uh, after 2016. Uh, they made more demands of the party, say we need more of the money returned to our coffers, and now they're actually competing. And also what you got to benefit from, uh, Bernie Sanders' uh, group, Our Revolution, in terms Absolutely. of running folks. Uh, also, you look at uh, other groups out there who understand that you cannot, that the focus cannot just be what's happening nationally. But right. you have to understand what's happening in state houses. And that's why also it's important. Now, we talked about voter suppression uh, as one of the issues there. And so how do you also uh, focus on what's going on? That is, you have to watch what's happening when it comes to the votes. Joining us right now is Mitzi Jones, Senior Legal Mobilization Coordinator for the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. Uh, and so uh, we're going to pull up, go to Mitzi in just a second. Uh, but they are all, they're constantly watching out for what's happening uh, in, terms, in terms of these different places. And so, but actually, I'm going to go back to her. Let me, let me pull up uh, Jennifer Riley Collins. Uh, she's running for Attorney General in Mississippi. Uh, Jennifer, uh, in terms of what is turnout looking like in Mississippi today? Jennifer? Yes. Yes. Uh, what is turnout looking like in uh, Mississippi today? Okay, y'all let, okay. let me know. Y'all let me know. Hello? Yes, Jennifer, can you hear me? I, 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 no, I can't hear you. I hear your assistant asking about asking someone about okay. sites. Okay, guys, y'all let me know uh, when, when, the, um, when the call lives are, uh, are, are fixed, and then we'll go back to, uh, to the guest there. Uh, I'll go back to uh, what you're seeing here. Malik, Republicans are concerned because if they see losses, they're going, man, 
2021 is going to be even tougher for us. Well, of course. And, but my point is, is that this is not something that's uncommon. We, it happened in 2008 with Obama. It happened in 2010 with Obama, 12, and never again. No, 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 no. This the, is oh, Obama himself. 2008. I'm sorry, uh, 2008, yeah, sorry, Obama not, won. Yeah, I'm sorry, not 2008, after Obama got into office. So once we got to the, what, 2010 midterms, 2012 midterm, these are conversations that parties have all the time. And yeah, whether or yeah, not, but, but whether it, but, or not the person at the top is a drag on the ticket. And no, 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 first of all, 2012, uh, you didn't see that. And then 2014, of course, they took back the House. The, 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 again, that's on the congressional side. The difference here is what's happening on the state level, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and that is the difference. And so what you saw is that Republicans solidified control. Mm -hmm. Now what they're seeing is they're losing control. Mm -hmm. And so and, and re Republicans are saying that Trump is a drag on the ticket. And so, yes, he's good for Trump, but he's not good for the rest of the party. And what they're concerned about are losing in places that they have traditionally won. Right. That's what's causing them concern. But I but I don't think that this is something that's just so different, though. I remember these same because I was a Democrat at that time, so I definitely know whether or not Obama was a drag on the party. And Obama didn't have very long coattails. People have to remember that. It's not like he had a lot of a, a long coattails. Of course, the party is concerned. The party should be concerned, not specifically because of Donald Trump. Yes, you can say that, you know, he's someone, he's the top of the ticket, but the party should be concerned well, about the outreach efforts of the party that has nothing to do with Donald Trump. I think there's a larger discussion to be had about what the party itself is doing that's really divorced from Donald Trump at all. You know, whether or not we have people running, this is a great time and that we have people like D.J. Jordan and others running down in Georgia. We have other Republicans running in Kentucky. So we do have more um, blacks, because, you know, I'm, I'm definitely concerned about having more people of color, specifically black, competing in these areas. Whether or not they win or not, the fact that they're jumping in, I think that's something that's just very important but to the party as a whole. But you don't think that the ideology of Trump over the past three, four years hasn't place to tarnish on the party? I'm sure it has. And, and in fact, that that was going on while he was running, even when he became the number well, eight. Well, I'll so tell you this. Not... If his, if, number one, if there's a, uh, a bloodbath for Republicans on in these some of these elections, and, you know, uh, you start to see those poll numbers really drop, I think that's going to have an effect, particularly, you may see some senators uh, defect Mm -hmm. You know, right now they're rallying but what around. What does defect look like? I'm though? saying, I'm saying with, with impeachment. Mm -hmm. You know, once I don't it think once see that. Uh, it it could happen once I, once it starts to to dip, you I, know, I low enough. And if there's a you may have if you have the perfect storm. That's all I'm saying. If you have a perfect storm of uh, a bloodbath in these elections, and then you have uh, the poll numbers drop. You know, another they dropped six percent in the last right. week. If they keep and the poll going, numbers are going to keep that keep at that same you know it, and flow and of course. perhaps but I'm saying if you see them continually dropping, you know people are self interested. Yeah, but I don't it's think we're going to have the I don't think we're going to have the bloodbath. That's perhaps we're going to lose maybe some seats. We're going to lose some seats, which makes but, sense. But but, but I'll ask you this here because first of all, what's happening in Capitol Hill uh, with um, the investigation and the impeachment inquiry also has an impact. So now what we see today, uh, where you have uh, Trump's guy. The U.S. ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland, mm -hmm. now changed his testimony. Who he says, yes, there was indeed a, a quid, quid pro quo. Now, did people uh, believe him when he said that it wasn't? No, hold up. They shouldn't. No, 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 you know, no, no, hold up. Shouldn't believe hold any up. of those he guys. Said, he, he, said, he said, he said, he said that there was a quid pro quo. 
um, they also have um, other folks who've actually testified to that. What's amazing is you've got Republicans uh, who are who are actually uh, saying here, who are saying that, oh, um, I'm just not, like Lindsey Graham, I'm not, not going to bother reading the transcripts. Now you have Republicans who are saying, we're going to admit to a quid pro quo, but we're going to say, well, it was harmless. Yeah. Well, that, but that's so, that, that, so, that, that, I mean, that, I mean that, so it's that, like, that's so, really the, so, so the how often, goal so yeah. right, right, yeah, right, but, right. But that's something that happened in politics all the time. No, 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 no win, no quote. Donald Trump talked about he had a perfect right. call. Mm -hmm. He keeps yelling, read the transcript. But first of all, we have not actually read the transcript. We have read notes, not the actual transcript. But the fact then now you got him saying, oh, reveal the name of the whistleblower. Okay, Rand yeah, Paul's like, oh, reveal the name of the whistleblower. And the thing, that, uh, my point that I'm making is that that's actually a political strategy. The thing that they're saying now about, well, it, it it, it is, it's a quid pro quo, but maybe, you know, it wasn't impeachable or something. That's actually a valid argument, whether or not... But it's that, a good that, what, What's a valid but argument? But, but argument. The, the, I, the fact of the discussion of a quid pro quo, really what we're talking about is a... Um, conspiracy to commit a quid pro quo. No, we no, know. Like, you know really what we know. What are you talking about? It's, it's, so, a, it's impeachable without. But a we quid know pro what quo. Zelensky said. Oh, so hold on. So what, what you're so basically what you're saying is that like the guy who got busted for trying to, to blow, blow, blow the synagogue because he didn't actually blow it up. What? Not that big of a deal? In, no, so because didn't, it didn't no, I didn't happen? I didn't say it wasn't a big deal. I didn't say it wasn't a big deal. I'm talking about a quid pro quo. You have to get something in return. So what is it that the Trump administration got in return? No, you, to be a no. Quo. To, to be the president, to but even say, request... I, I no, 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 no. No, to be I, the president, I understand to that. request a foreign government investigate your political so rival? So what did he get in return for that, though? For that and, request, and to hold, what did and he to get? Hold and, and, let's, and let's also aid? talk about the ambassador today. I, you're very right. He did change his testimony. But what he also testified to was that he had a, a follow-up conversation with the president of the United States and asked him specifically, what is it that you want? And President Trump said he did not want to quit pro quo. Now, that's what he said. We don't have to believe so, him. So, so why? But, so, so, so why? But so, so, go ahead, Kelly. Go ahead, Kelly. Go ahead, Kelly. Go ahead. Hold on. Kelly, go ahead. Kelly, go ahead. <sighs> That's kind of like saying, you know, he's saying, oh, I'm not asking for a quid pro quo, but... Like, that's what it sounds yeah. like to me. It's like, I don't really want to do this illegal thing, but I want you to but do But if you're going to talk thing. about impeaching the president of the United States, you need to have something more concrete than the what I talking to the president of, all, of Because he nation. also testified that and Trump asking, said that he did all, not want to quit First of all, you do have something concrete, Malik. Well, you but have, he testified that Trump said no, that he did not want to quit pro quo. No, no I, listen. I, he lied! That's, your boy, so that's, your boy so, lied on side. Your boy lied. Your boy lied, and then when he got busted, was like, "Look, I ain't going to jail for his ass." So right. I, first of all, I'm not going to commit perjury. So who's lying? The no, wait, 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 wait. The ambassador said, "Here's the ambassador. I am not going to jail for this dude. I am not trying to sit here and throw my damn life away because of Donald Trump. I better come clean mm -hmm. because guess what? I lied initially. Then they had the facts. It was like." So, uh, that one, so how do you know which one was a lie? of Congress. How and, do you know which one well, was a lie? Well, something can be okay, corroborated so, so and let's, something let's, can't. Let's, there's, right. there's let's look at the testimony. Let's look at the testimony from another ambassador. Let's look at the testimony from Bill Taylor. Let's look at the testimony from from Lieutenant Colonel so Vindman. So, but they weren't lying, though. So, but them, what if they go back and switch their testimony? But, but, have they? Hold on, have they? 
Well, the, they, no, 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 no. Well, hold on. No, well, no. Who the, first who of all, first of all, would, first of all, they could. <laughs> Are you serious? But just that's the same. All oh, right. You're, you're saying right. that, but because you're you're saying that. Okay, well, the ambassador lied at first. We believe he lied because other people. He admitted uh, he, he lied. He just said he lied. So, Why do you change the testimony? So if he no, said, no, 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 no. Hold on. No, no. Answer the question. No, no. Answer the question. Ambassador said. No, no. Nice try. Answer the question. Why would? He changed his testimony. Well, I would assume that someone changed their testimony because they maybe have not been truthful in what it is that right. they were saying. Okay, so that's okay, a lie. So but what lied. we also so, right, which means he lied. lied. But lied. what we also know is Boy, that but, he because you, you can't say that okay, well he, we believe that he lied the first time. We believe him when he said that he's first not of all, lying. We, first that, of all, we knew he was so, lying the first so, time. So because he had he other goes, people who corroborated the quid pro quo. Right. So when he goes to the second time, we say, well, we believe part of what he said, but what Donald Trump said to him. Him, which is what he tells us. Oh, hold on. First of all, we just don't believe we know Donald, Donald Trump. Trump lying. First of all, Donald Trump lied about lies. <laughs> so you I mean, literally, the, Donald, so the if, ambassador if you said Donald be both Trump, truthful. If you ask Donald Trump what time did you wake up, if he woke up at six, he would lie if he woke up at oh, four. Oh, that's just ridiculous. No, it's bro. not. You know that ridiculous. Donald Trump is a liar. Donald, Donald Trump, Trump has but, lied but he didn't, from he the said moment what Donald Trump he, said. And, and, well, he said what Donald Trump said. Very well, hold on, hold on. Let, let you guys let me make one point. What he said, Donald Trump said. Nice try, Jason. Go ahead. But you, go ahead before I go to Mr. Jones. Everybody has been missing throughout mainstream news is that you don't even need that's a quid pro quo. That's it's my not, point. But that's what we're talking about, Just, though. Just the phone call in and of itself okay, but is that's impeachable. What, but, but, that's, but that's what we're... You know, we we're, don't we're, even we're need talking the about the quid pro quo. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about. Hey, he said that he talked to the president, Rock, and the that, president uh, said that, he didn't want a quid pro quo. Me, but me, you me, guys me, say, let's not believe him when he says that. That's nice try. But that's... When you're a mafia guy, you don't say. Oh, so now we're now we're with the mafia. Hell that's yes, because that's what your boy. <laughs> so, so, that's what your boy saying, learned but, his tricks. You don't, you don't go and say, hey, I want this guy whacked tomorrow. You just you don't, don't believe do what he said. He told you, know, you what like, Trump said. You want to know what the president ball, said, but you said, well, it don't matter ball, what he said uh, because look, he's a liar yeah, anyway. Yeah, oh, he lied anyway. So, so it doesn't matter what he said because you're not gonna believe him. You don't even need your boy. And your boy Trump, who you gonna vote for again, is a massive liar. In November, we have a lot of liars. A who massive, that people massive for. liar. Them, and, and let me go to Misty Jones. Let me go to President Misty Trump Jones with the Law Center for Civil Rights Under Law. Misty, uh, y'all, of course, uh, are with your nerve center watching what's happening. Uh, <laughs> any major complaints around the country of uh, folks having problems voting today? No, it's really been um, pretty steady in terms of what we're experiencing. We've had about a thousand calls right now from around the country. Most of them are concentrated from Colorado, Mississippi, Virginia, uh, and Texas. Uh, and most of them are inquiries about where do I vote? You know, what's my polling place? Um, why is my polling place not open? Because there are a lot of small municipal elections or ballot measures that don't cover an entire county and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of that type of question. We have had a number of um, complaints about, um, you know, po poll workers going into polling booths with people and trying to help them or decide, you know, decide who to vote for and that kind of thing. But those are really minor. They have not been significant. What is significant is that there have been so many calls. There's such a heightened interest, I think, um, and, and we, I think our, our data shows this, from the public in voting that the, the number of calls we're getting this year compared with comparable years, these are all off years, of course, 
you know, it, it's astounding just in, in terms of the, the volume. Uh, well, look, we certainly uh, are uh, hopeful that people will have an opportunity to vote uh, where they need to and not being blocked as a result. So uh, we thank the Lawrence Committee for doing their work. Uh, if people have got any issues, what number should they call? I, they should call 866-OUR-VOTE. That's 866-687-8683. And I do want to say really quickly for voters in Georgia and, um, and Valdesta and Lowndes, their polls are staying open until 8 p.m. tonight because of action taken by partners to, you know, because there were some issues when the polls opened this morning. All right, then. Missy Jones, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks so much. Great to talk to you. Thanks. All right, folks, going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll talk with uh, the former ambassador to the AU, uh, fired. She says, whoa, is it because I criticized France? We're going to explain. Uh, we'll hear from her in this exclusive interview. That's next, Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, it's the holiday season. This is when you think about spending time with family and friends. This is also when you count your blessings and support those less fortunate. This year, be a holiday hero and change someone's life forever. Right now, hundreds of thousands of Americans are sitting in jail without being convicted of a crime. Why? Because they lack the financial resources to pay their bail. Now think about it. You are arrested for, many, for a minor offense. You'll be taken directly to jail. If you don't have bail money, you will stay there until a court date is scheduled. That could be days, weeks, or even months. Simply put, America's bail system is broken for people of color. Freedom should be free. That's why the Ebony Foundation has partnered with the Bail Project and is sponsoring the Home by the Holiday campaign. The Bail Project has helped bail out thousands of people over the years, and with your help, we plan, they plan to bail out 1,000 people by New Year's Day. A donation from you today can change someone's life tomorrow. Of course, upwards of 90% of people in jail uh, across the country are people of color. And of course, without bail, nearly 90% of those charged with misdemeanors plead guilty. However, with paid bail, less than 2% received a jail sentence. Sometimes justice just needs us. To be a holiday hero, donate 25, 50 or more to help the Ebony Foundation bring our brothers and sisters home by the holiday. To donate, go to homebytheholiday.com. It's homebytheholiday.com. So please step up and do it now. All right, folks, the African Union has come under fire for terminating the appointment of Arakana Chihuambori Kwao. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, got it. It's ambassador to the United States. Now, a spokesperson for the AU chairman's office says that she has come to the end of her political appointment after spending three years in the position, but her supporters believe that she is being punished for her views. Joining us now for an exclusive interview. Uh, about her dismissal is the former AU ambassador to the United States. So, okay, so um, you were appointed three years ago. Who appointed you? It was the then chairman of the African Union, uh, Her Excellency Nkosazana Lamini Zuma. And who made the decision to end your tenure? It was um, the current chairperson, His Excellency Mustafaki Mahamat. All right, and so uh, did you have any any uh, knowledge that they were unhappy with your performance? 
um, was or was it something that you said, something that you did? That, what, was it? Did it catch you completely by surprise? It wasn't really a surprise. Uh, I think based on some uh, information I had been uh, privileged to, which I really can't disclose at this time, uh, about five months earlier. Uh, so it wasn't really a surprise as such. And so this is this cause, I mean, this has been lots of discussion back and forth, uh, obviously, um, from your supporters. And they say that your um, breakdown of the history of how uh, modern-day Africa was created, colonization, and the control or impact uh, France has had on many of the many African countries uh, is why you were let go. My supporters feel that way, and there's some um, some suggestion and some evidence. Like I said, I'm not privy to uh, to that information, but I would uh, there is some some evidence to that effect. Yes. So you were so so you believe that that France is still uh, try, uh, is trying to silence you? Do you believe that? Let me put it this way. Um, maybe I lasted longer than I probably would have based on um, my views on uh, France. And it's not even my view. It's basically stating the facts in terms of what France is doing to Africa. Uh, what they're currently doing? What they're currently doing and have been doing for decades uh, since uh, the quote-unquote independence of the uh, former French colonies, yes. Um, so what is happening? Because, look, the reality is a lot of Americans are not necessarily hearing about what's happening in African nations. Seven of the top ten fastest-growing economies are, uh, are come, come from Africa. But you also have a significant impact of the Chinese in many African countries as well. Um, and so do you believe that uh, the government of France uh, is, it still has uh, a lot of control over a number of African nations, of their former colonies? They have significant control over uh, all of their former colonies, uh, specifically 14 of them. Uh, just to uh, give you the highlights of what they did when they were giving the uh, independence, so to speak, to their former colonies, they forced them to sign a document which they are calling the Pact for the Continuation of Colonization. You have to understand, on one hand, they are saying we're giving you independence, which turned out to be mostly uh, political independence, but that you also have to sign this document, which is titled The Pact for the Continuation of Colonization. So you're going to be independent, but you have to agree to continue to be colonized. So two countries said, absolutely not. We are not going to sign those two do uh, th that document. Those two countries? Mali and uh, Guinea. Okay. And what the French did, they went into those two countries, took everything that th they thought they had brought to those two economies, poured concrete into the sewage pipes, and completely devastating the two economies. This was done as a way of letting the other countries know that if you do not sign this document, this is the fate that awaits you. How has that negatively impacted those African countries? It has uh, impacted them Terribly, terribly, terribly. If you look at it, uh, you give up your, uh, the Pact for the Continuation of Colonization said those countries were expected to deposit 85% of their bank reserves uh, back then uh, with the uh, French Central uh, Bank under the control of the French Minister of Finance. And should those countries wish to uh, request some of those monies, because remember they were only left with 15% of, uh, of their reserves then they would have to submit a financial statement for the country, 
and if approved, they could only access up to 20% of whatever they had deposited the year before as a loan at commercial interest rates. The only difference now is the 85% deposits have now been lowered down to maybe between 50 and 60%. But the countries are still forced and required to deposit their bank reserves with the French Central Bank. Um, so picture this situation. You are depositing all your monies with France. Should you need some of your money, you get it as a loan at commercial interest rates. So immediately, you have a credit with France, but you begin to owe France. This has been going on and continues to this day. So combined, the 14 countries are giving to France cash, cold hard cash, over $500 billion every year. And France takes that money and invests it in its own stock market under the French name, and the countries may or may not know the returns. Currently, for every 14 billion that France takes out of Africa, by the time they finish investing it in the French stock market, they are realizing upwards of 300 billion. So you do the math to see how much money France is taking out of Africa every year. And yet France has the audacity to then look at African countries and call them poor countries. Why would poor African countries give $500 billion to France year in and year out? What really gets me the most is how does the world sit back and watch this carnage take place in Africa. Where is the United Nations? This is the body that's supposed to be looking out uh, for any violations of human rights. It is my humble opinion that singularly, what France is doing to Africa is the biggest violation of human rights. Women and children are dying of starvation, youth unemployment, when the same poor countries are giving seven, $500 billion to France. It simply does not make any sense. And I don't know how the world can sit back and watch all this unfold and nobody is saying anything. It's unacceptable. It is wrong and we're simply asking France to do what is right, what is just and what is fair with the Africans. I attended um, the event that took place uh, at the um, embassy here uh, and we actually ran your speech. Uh, where you gave the history uh, of what took place and how modern-day Africa was carved up. Uh, for the folks who don't know, explain the Berlin Conference. The Berlin Conference was uh, our colonizers' way of seeing to it that Africa and her children are forever defeated and dominated. They came together in Berlin at the invitation of the then-Chancellor of Germany, um, Bismarck, to divide up Africa. 1891? What was it? November 1884 Got to it. February of 1885. Got it. They met and chopped up Africa into the tiny little economies that we see today. Economies that clearly cannot survive on their own. Economies that are easy to destabilize should they begin to look like they are having a leg up. Economies that will make it very difficult for these countries to trade with each other. You see, economic development is increased productivity from one production cycle to the other. If you interfere with the ability of countries to trade, you immediately mess with economic development. So th that partitioning of Africa back in 1884 and those partitionings remain in place today 
is responsible for a lot of what has happened in Africa, our inability to grow our economies, our inability to, to travel from one country to the other. You look at tourism. If you need to go to Africa and visit three different countries, you got to send your passport to, to D.C. three different times. And each time your passport comes back, you got to send it again to another country, two, three, four weeks before you get your passport back. And then you got to send it back to Washington. At times, those, those embassies are on the same street. You could have walked from one embassy to the other to the other, but you can't do it. And by the time you get your passport back with the third visa, the visa for the first country is expired. Who needs to go through all that? So you say, forget it. I'm not going to Africa. I'm going to Europe. At every level, what we see happening today in Africa that affects economic development is directly related to what was done in 1884. You try to go from one part of Africa to the other, it's easier to fly into Europe and then come back down. Why? A lot of the airspaces were closed. All of it, thanks to the Berlin Conference. So people don't realize that that decision has everlasting implications on what goes on in Africa. And at the end of the day, it crystallizes down to our failure to grow our economies because it is very expensive to do business between from one country to the other. So I'm going to Ghana in... Um, in December. So if I'm in Ghana and I want to fly to Nigeria or go to Kenya, what's that process? Nigeria is almost impossible because it's going to take you a while to get a visa to go to Nigeria. I'm not so sure about Kenya, but again, you need a visa but, to, to those countries. But if I was in France and I wanted to go to Germany, or I wanted to go to another European country. As a, as, a, as a U.S. citizen with a U.S. passport, you're fine. You can just go. Uh, if you're from another country, you can actually just apply for what they call a Schengen visa. A Schengen visa allows you to travel throughout Europe. One visa will allow you to travel throughout Europe. Okay, but what I'm trying to understand is, uh, so those rules that were set up that, that, that prohibits me from being in Ghana and deciding to say, hey, I want to go, the next three days I want to go to Nigeria. Uh, those rules were set up when? Those rules were set up back in 1884. However, we as African leaders now are beginning to realize that we need to do something about this. So a lot of them now within Africa, we have what we are calling visa on arrival, where you show up. Uh, at the borders and you can apply for a visa and you get it. But not all countries uh, are, are doing visa on arrival. So you have to check the website of every country to see what, for your particular passport, what are the visa requirements. This is, uh, go, to, go, go to my, um, uh, actually it, it went away. Um, I'm trying to pull this map up. Uh, and once we have it up, I want to pull it up. So I want to show, so, so give our folks a sense of Africa before the Berlin Conference and afterwards, because when I look at this map, what I see is uh, I don't see as many countries as we see today. So we see, we see uh, Henry, go to my iPad, please. So this is a map of uh, Africa before the Berlin Conference. Correct. So what we were prior to the Berlin Conference were massive, powerful kingdoms. Kingdoms with well-established religious and educational systems. Kingdoms that preceded the Greek civilization, the Roman Empire. If the truth be told, civilization began in Africa. Have you ever wondered why 
when they talk about Greek philosophers, the mathematicians, they were sent to Egypt for training, to Egypt for advancement. It's because Africa already had it. The pyramids, the Zimbabwe ruins, they were there over 2,500 years before the Greek civilization, 2,500 years before the Roman Empire. It all started in Africa. That's part of the history that was cut out, and they set out to get us to forget that life as we know it began in Africa. Civilization as we know it began in Africa. The Europeans stole it from us. Um, Explain the difference between uh, the AU and the AUC. The African Union is the uh, membership of all the 55 African heads of states. The African Union Commission is the working organ of the African Union. So the African Union has a president who's always another head of state, and that membership is for one year. The working organ of the African Union is the African Union Commission, and it also has a chairperson. That term is four years, and that's who Chairman Musafaki Muhammad is. Jason. So, uh, you know, I, I wanted to ask a question, and if you knew, uh, I have a friend who's from the Comoros Islands, and he was telling me about the difference between some of the other islands and, in particular, one island that's under French control called Mayotte. Uh, I was wondering if, if you could expand on that and tell me a little bit about... Well, basically, about well, it's like when you go to the Caribbean. Uh, you can even go to St. Martin. You have one part which is Dutch and the other part mm -hmm. which is French. They just chopped up these islands and these countries arbitrarily. It depends on who wanted what. You take, for example, uh, part of uh, uh, the, the Kilimanjaro uh, was supposed to all be in Tanzania. But uh, I think it was uh, one of the queens... Uh, the English queens was visiting, and uh, the story goes that the, the granddaughter says, oh, but grandma, I like that mountain. And so the grandma just said, okay, no problem. Let's just move the border a little bit into Tanzania so my granddaughter can have part of Mount Kilimanjaro. It was so very random, depending on who felt what. You look at how uh, the DRC dips into Zambia in a very funny way. It's because Leopold decided he wanted a little bit more of the, uh, of the copper in Zambia, so he just carved it out the way he wanted it. It was all very arbitrary, and if you had a voice and the ability to do so and say, this is what I want, okay, no problem, we put the border here. Um, you mentioned earlier how you don't understand how the UN or any other global humanitarian entity has not interfered and, you know, acted on behalf of AU, AUC, etc. I have that same concern now that I'm listening to you. But has there been a process? Is there a process um, to to act um, against France uh, legally uh, regarding the UN, the Hague? anything because this to me seems like a clear violation of humanitarian laws especially your uh, recollection of them dumping concrete into sewers it is a serious violation against humanity well let me say over the years we have had some heads of states who have tried to pull out of the pact for the continuation of colonization sadly there were coups in those countries and they found their heads you know, simply put on the chopping block, they were assassinated. So the realities and the fear that countries might have are real because of the consequences from France should they decide to pull out. So there really hasn't been. Um, lately, we heard about the uh, 
vice prime minister of Italy. They were sick and tired of the young African youth uh, crossing the Mediterranean and ending up on the southern borders. And so they challenged France and said, listen, next time we receive uh, these refugees, we are going to bring them to France because you are the one who's taking all, that fun, all those funds out of Africa. That's why African economies cannot develop themselves because of what France is doing in Africa. So, but there hasn't been a coordinated effort to really say, France, enough is enough. You have got to stop this. And I think, as a black woman, as a mother, I'm at a point where I've had enough. What would that and take? something needs to be done. What would that take for a coordinated effort? If all of Africa could come together, if the entire continent could come together. But our reality is, because of the stronghold that France has on Africa, France can destabilize any of its former colonies with the push of a button. So the reality is, trying to push back against France, it's mission impossible at this time. Which is why we are very pleased that finally, the African heads of states were able to come together and agreed on what we are calling the African Continental Free Trade Area. You got to understand back in 1963, when our Pan-African leaders came together and created the Organization of African Unity, mm -hmm. they were trying to undo the damage done by the Berlin Conference. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, when they went to Addis Ababa, they were divided. We had the Casablanca group, who were Ghana, Guinea, Mali, Egypt, Morocco, Algeria, and Tunisia. They were outnumbered by the others, who were the nationalists, who said, let's go slow. The Casablanca group, who, who said, Africa for the Africans at home and abroad, African Union now. Had we won, had the Casablanca group won in 1963, Africa would be in a very different place mm -hmm. because all these borders would have been eliminated back then. They came up with a compromise, which we are calling Organization of, of African Unity. Year in, year out, for 55 years, the African heads of states met. The issue of an Africa speaking with one voice, one continent, one Africa was tabled. And year in and year out, we failed to reach consensus until last year, March 2018, when they finally agreed that enough is enough. Africa must speak with one voice. Africa must enter the world stage as one customs union, as one continent speaking with one voice. That is the only way that Africa can begin to take her rightful place on the world stage. So it's been a lengthy process, thanks to the legacy of colonization. It seems to me that this should have been a slam dunk. It's common sense. Mm -hmm. But because of interferences from former colonizers that just kept getting in the way. You look, for example, now West Africa is trying to have the West African uh, echo and have one currency for West Africa. Even that process, it has taken decades because they keep getting interference from outside. So yes, efforts have been made, but not in a coordinated way mm -hmm. because of influences wow. and interruptions, interference from the outside. Ambassador, may I ask a, an, another question? And that is about Kwame Nkrumah. Do you think that France and some of these European powers were involved in the death of Kwame Nkrumah? Not so much France. France was mostly involved in uh, coups that took place um, in, uh, in its former colonies. Uh, we've had a total of 67 coups uh, on the continent, and 26 countries were involved. And of the 26 countries, 16 countries were former uh, French colonies. Hey, I just wanted to just mention very quickly, um, this is a, it's a lot, it's overwhelming. 
Yes, um, it is. And thank you for your bravery and even Absolutely. speaking out. Yes. But one of the things that I was, I was sitting here and I was actually going to the comments and I, and I guess I don't have a question that's so much as a statement. The, the education that you're giving us, you know, I've never really considered the Berlin Conference. I've, I've never considered that's that that's that 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 what set all this in motion. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've really never considered that. But to hear you really um, just give us that timeline and the parallel to what's happening here on the main in the United States as far as European influence, and to hear what's going on in Africa and the things that have kept the African, you know, African citizens, you know, the motherland, have kept them behind, you know, the money, the $500 billion, you know, to France and things like that. You know, it's a lot, but it's to I can listen to you all day, you know, <laughs> I should say that. Um, but the parallel that I'm really just, if we, we read these things in history books and we talk a lot of, in politics about, you know, and, and a lot of people don't want to hear it because they say, well, you know, that was a long time ago. Well, look at the result of what's happening now. So what do you want African, what can African-Americans do to help? I want the African-Americans to understand their history, to understand that what goes on in Africa is your problem, you must own it. As a person of African descent, Africa is home, Africa is your anchor, and that you need to realize that until you fill that void, the average African-American, if not all African-Americans, whether they realize it or not, there is a void for, from not knowing where you come from. Mm. And that void has got to be filled in. It is a void that is very sub, uh, in the subconscious, deep in your subconscious. First, you must realize that voice, void is there. African-Americans and descendants of former slaves around the globe, they are the only ones who struggle with the issue mm. of where do I come from. Mm. I had a conversation with one of my girlfriends, an African-American, about seven years ago. And I honestly can't believe that in my old age and all these years that I've lived in this country, it had never occurred to me that the issue of where do I come from is an issue. Because I've never had to ask myself that. Yeah. Until one day I'm having a conversation with her and she just looked me straight in the face and says, you know, those of you from the continent, you never have to deal with the issues that we deal with as African-Americans. The simple issue of where do I come from? Mm. And for a split second, I stopped and I put myself in her position to say, I wonder what it feels like to not know where you came from. I had this overwhelming sadness and I quickly snapped myself out of it. Now, can you imagine living in that sadness of just not knowing where you come from? Mm. Can you imagine? Mm. And, and since then, I have been looking for it when I interact with my African-American friends. I remember one time we had an event and this top executive was one of the speakers, but she spoke after me and I talked about this void and the need to reconnect. She started encountering one of ex an experience she had while just on a retreat with co-workers. And everybody was talking about where they come from. I'm German American, I'm Irish American. And as they were getting closer to her, it dawned on her that she didn't know where she came from and she didn't know what she was going to say. And right there on the stage, she broke down. I mean, she could not stop sobbing. I had to go on the stage to hug her <laughs> because she never, she said, I didn't come here to break down. She never realized that there was this void that was so painful. But w because of the environment we were in, she was able to go there. And once she got there, the, her feelings, she was able to express her feelings. So I want the African-Americans to know that Africa is home that what is going on in Africa is your problems and you must get involved. Until you reconnect with your anchor, mm. 
which is Africa, you'll always be like a palm tree. When the wind blows this way, here we go. When the wind blows that way, here we go. Africa is home. Accept it. It is who you are. Mm. Your DNA is the DNA of an African. Your DNA is the DNA of originality. You are the origin mm. of humanity. And Africa is home. Reconnect. The African heads of states, they agreed on a decision this year which they called ARA 400. ARA standing for return, 400 standing for the 400 years. They declared once and for all that descendants of former slaves, Africa is their home and that you must come home. Understand that you are welcome and don't let anyone make you believe that your suffering was worse than those who stayed on the continent. Do you believe seriously that where they took your, your forefathers, they left a bed of roses, they left a milk of, land of milk and honey, honey? The answer is no. Look at what Leopold did in the Congo. Mm -hmm. Over 75% of the population was killed. Look at what the British did to the Kukuyu. Look at what the Germans did in Namibia. The carnage continued. And to this day, actually, the carnage in Africa continues. The colonizers have never left Africa. They must get out of Africa. Whatever it takes to get the colonizers to treat Africa fairly, we are simply asking what anybody else on earth would be asking for, to be treated fairly and for them to do the right thing. What's next for you? Well, I'm going to continue with the movement. I think we, people of African descent, must understand that Africa is home. But one of my priority is to see to it that France abolishes the pact for the continuation of colonization. We, the poor African countries, can no longer continue to give billions of dollars to France. That has got to stop. And it is, if it is the last thing that I do before I die, I will stay on it until it's done. Ambassador Chiambori Quayo, we appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you. All right, folks, got to go to break. We come back, more Roland Martin Unfiltered. You want to support Roland Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roland Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roland Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Second now, your Live Lux Jazz Festival, folks, takes place in Cabo, November 7th through the 11th. That's right, Thursday through Sunday. Uh, I leave tomorrow. Looking forward to that, being there. Of course, if you want to participate, lifeluxjazz.com. But if you cannot attend, go to gfntv.com. Of course, they uh, will be uh, live streaming the three days worth of concerts featuring, you saw, Gerald Albright, Alex Bunyan, Raul Madan, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, Kirk Whalem, Average White Band, Donna McClurkin, Shalea, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, Ronnie Laws, and Ernest Quarles. Again, gfntv.com. Get your live streaming pass, $10.99. All those concerts covering eight, three days, and so you don't want to miss that. And, of course, I'll be broadcasting from Cabo on Thursday and Friday, so looking forward to that. All right, folks, two managers of a Buffalo Wild Wings in Illinois have been fired after a patron said they asked her group, which included black diners, to move because another customer in the restaurant was racist. 
Here, customer Justin Ball describe what happened. We're here today to talk about the incident that happened uh, Saturday, October 26th at the Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, 79th and 79 and and uh, 59 in Naperville. Um, so we were going there. We were taking our kids there uh, on that night. Uh, we had played a few. The kids had played a few basketball games that day. Uh, one of the kids, Mike, uh, who's here with us today, it was actually his birthday. Uh, so after the basketball games, we had went to um, a fun center in Naperville, and then after that, uh, all the kids were hungry, so we wanted to take them out to eat. So uh, we went into Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was actually the first one to walk in the door, and. Um, as I walk in the door, I was greeted by the host, and the hostess came to me and asked me, how many are in your uh, party? And I told them, uh, we have 15. Uh, so the host said, okay, let me uh, take a second, walk over to the, and get set up. Uh, so I originally had told them 15, and I realized, uh, we realized we actually had a few more than expected, so we actually had 18. So I walked over to the host who was setting the tables, and I said, uh, excuse me, um, we actually have 18, so I wanted to make sure that he was uh, set up to accommodate us. Uh, so I walked back up to the front, and one or two minutes passed, and the host comes back up front, uh, and he says, um, or he asked me, what race are you? Um, so he asked me what race I was, and, and I immediately was, I was appalled, uh, I was astonished, I was in a, a restaurant, uh, trying to take my family, our friends and kids uh, to a restaurant and uh, I was being asked what race I was, you know, so I was immediately uh, astonished I was even asked this question, but you know, I, I responded, you know, what does that matter? And so the host said, uh, well, we have a regular customer here who doesn't want to sit around black people. Okay. So at, so at this point, Excuse me. Um, this is a very tough, tough time for us. Um, so I, I just told him we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and, and sit down. Uh, and at this point, you know, there's a lot of things racing through my mind. I'm surprised. Uh, I feel disrespected. I, I actually, and I don't even know what to say because nothing like this has ever happened. So uh, we go to take a seat. Uh, we kind of file in uh, with with our large party and go to sit down. Uh, we're sitting right behind this this customer, this racist customer, this racist regular customer who knowingly uh, is racist by the staff, uh, and we sit right behind them very uncomfortably, uh, and we sit down uh, and take a seat at the table. Uh, and at this point, this is where I shared uh, with, with Marcus and, and the rest of the adults kind of what was going on, and they were immediately, obviously, they were immediately uh, astonished as well and surprised and almost, uh, you know, thought I was kind of making it up, but we could, we could realize there's some tension in the room because that, that racist customer continued to look back at us and give us some dirty looks. We did not, we did not speak with them, but uh, we could tell um, that he did not want us there, uh, us being uh, blacks, um, biracial, uh, just a very unique uh, and diverse and, and happy group, and obviously this bigot of a customer did not want us uh, uh, sitting there in a public establishment where we were wanted. Um, so then a uh, couple minutes went by while we were sitting there uh, waiting, and one of the, the managers had came over to us, this gentleman came over to us, 
And he says, uh, speaks to Marcus and I and comes and kneels down at the side of the table and says, um, uh, excuse me, but we're, gonna, we're going to have to move you guys. This table is reserved. Well, those two managers don't have a job, Jason. Yeah, and they shouldn't. Uh, I, I mean, it's almost mystifying that somebody who works at an establishment and is the manager would be so stupid. I mean, this is almost like, I mean, have they not heard of Rosa Parks? <laughs> like, like, it's the stupidest thing that I've, I've ever seen, you know, uh, someone who is manager at an establishment do. You would think sure. that they would know better. Like, I, I, can't, I can't even imagine it. Well, they don't. I they, can. They don't. They, I, I don't think they would know better. I mean, this is something clearly that has been condoned, the fact that they, they know they were able to identify but this that is, their regular customer was a racist. So that's, that's I, problem I, number one. I, I dig that. But my yeah. thing is, I mean, we saw the Starbucks thing pop off, which was far but less nobody, than this. But no you one think thinks it's going to be them, aren't though. going to be that stupid. No one thinks yeah. that they're... Blatantly uh, say, yeah, I'm rolling You can't be here because you're black, so we're going to move you at the, for the convenience of this because customer. Because you don't expect anyone... You don't expect any noise to come out of it. I, I can assure you that this guy, that this family, this is, they're not the first family oh, no. or person Mm-mm. or person of color that this has happened to mm-hmm. at that restaurant. The fact that they knew that they had a racist, not someone that they suspected to be a racist. Clearly, this is someone that they knew was a racist. And the only way that you know that that person is a racist is because you've interacted enough right. with them to say definitively, okay, well, and, and, and to have the, the, the cojones to tell someone you know, first of all, ask them about your race. I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, that's weird. As if and, they, and as, as, a, if they as, as if they look a, Swedish. I don't know. I mean, you had a I guess party had, of eighteen. Yeah, you're gonna get more money from them. Yeah, like it. But, but they've done it before, it. though. The they've done it before, and I'm glad right. they've been. The point, point is, yeah, you got two managers who have got no, who got no problem making yeah. racists feel comfortable, Kelly. Yeah. No, I mean it's. It doesn't make economic sense. It, no, but racism <laughs> doesn't is, okay, make sense. Ra- ra- okay, racism that, never made yeah, economic yeah, sense. Right, right. Uh, I disagree with that. Uh, I think no, race, no, racism no. has made economic no, 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 sense. No, 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 for, no, what I, no, no, no. What I mean is the amount of time and right, energy right. put into mm-hmm. uh, into that, and also the denial of income uh, as well. So the the the, bot- the, the, bot- the bottom line yeah. is, look, the amount of money that was actually spent to keep schools closed. Uh, hell, white kids weren't even going to school. Bottom line is, uh, folks have been stuck on stupid, but this is a perfect example of when you're comfortable with racism, you right. want black yeah. people, Kelly, right. just to, to accede to their demands. And to Jason's point about you know racism being economically uh, beneficial, it's only up until a certain point anyway. Because at the end of the day, like you said, the structure itself is just not sustainable on its ideology alone. You have to put in extra effort, extra time, extra anything to right. go above and beyond to be that stupid, which is exactly I, what you oh, see here. In, in it's this... like they had to lie and say that there was another party that was larger than theirs by one person. <laughs> by one person yeah. coming. So that's why they had to move. When everything else failed, when yeah. common sense failed, they had to be even dumber 
to cover up the dumb thing that they were doing. So it's the, it's the, just not yeah, sustainable. The damage had been done. And now, did I hear him correctly when he said that they asked when they went into the um, restaurant what their race was? Um, I think they were, like, about to sit down or something. The roof would have been off the, off the restaurant when they asked me that question. Let they me probably would have had to... They would have had to call the police Let me at see. that moment where they asked me what my race was. Let me say it again. And I hope black people went and applied for those two. There are two vacant <laughs> manager <laughs> jobs at mm -hmm. Buffalo uh, Wild Wings. And so, again, y'all... To all of you racists, I, to all of you races, oh, I greatly appreciate you showing yourselves, please, because I think you're going to personally ensure that black unemployment is eradicated. So I want <laughs> the bigots to keep showing themselves. Yeah. Because we're going to make sure they keep getting fired. Somebody needs to. And again, jobs. if y'all looking for a job, please, by all means, show up at, <laughs> at the Buffalo Wild Wings uh, to uh, do so. It would be absolutely great if we could see that happen. And so, uh, to, so to all the racists and the bigots, way to go. All right, speaking of a racist, Richard Spencer, who tried to put a, respect, a respectable face on the alt-right, frank, frankly, white supremacy, has been caught on tape using racist slurs against African-Americans and Jewish people. Oh, no shock. The audio was released on YouTube by one of his, one of his rivals, former Breitbart writer My, My, Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, uh, who's actually gone broke. Why? Because, well, he's a bigot as well. Mm -hmm. Boy. <laughs> Ain't nothing like white races on white races yeah. crime. Yeah. Mm. Look at God. Look at God. Here's the audio. We are coming back here like a fucking hundred times. I am so mad. I am so fucking mad at these people. They don't do this to fucking me. We're going to fucking racialistically humiliate them. I am coming back here every fucking weekend if I have to. Like, this is never over. No. I win. They fucking lose. That's how the world fucking works. Little fucking kites. They get ruled by people like me. Little fucking oxaroons. I fucking, my ancestors fucking enslaved those pieces of fucking shit. We're win. I rule the fucking world. Those pieces of shit <laughs> get ruled by people like me. They look up and see a face like mine looking down at them. That's how the fucking world works. We are going to destroy this fucking town. Yeah, so I'll... See, see, uh, see uh, when I had, um, um, when, I, when I had Richard Spencer on TV One, and it was very interesting when I was, uh, when I had him on, because one, here's why I did it. Now, one, we knew he was an absolutely racist white supremacist. But see, I wanted people to understand the game, okay? Because see what happened. All these media people were writing about how he dresses, the whole preppy look. He went to a private school in Dallas, mm -hmm. went to Duke. What did he say? Who was his men who was his mentor? His white racist mentor at Duke? Stephen Miller. Well, Stephen Miller, he was Stephen oh. Miller's right. mentor. Right. So all, all the races hung together. So all, all the little races hung together. And so, and it was very interesting too, because see, so when he asked me who I was, so so and I, I love all these stupid people who don't know how to debate. He thought I was going to say, black man. And I tell him, I said, well, I'm a man. He was like, see, I, I, see my deal is, I, see, I love throwing people off when you debate him. Uh, and I was sitting here, and I was just letting him just dig his hole deeper and deeper. Because I wanted to show people, one, how clueless and ignorant these folks are, and how 
they try to play this little cute game of no, 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 no. We've got no problem with y'all. We just want, want our own piece of the world. No, these are the people, these are the people who have no problem with Trump in office. The people right here. Because Trump pushes their little buttons of demographic changes, the whole white fear, stuff along those lines. And when this audio gets leaked, like, Richard, we knew that's who you were. We knew you were racist. That was like water is wet. We knew that. You know. And Milo as well. Yeah. And all, all the racist games that he's played. Yeah, and that, that's my thing about, you know, I, I'm not surprised that Richard Spencer um, was caught on camera or video, audio, anywhere saying that. And for all of that mouth that he had, for all of the mouth that he had talking mm -hmm. about what he would do, he didn't do that when he came here when the inauguration, when somebody At knocked all. him in his mouth here um, during Trump's inauguration. In fact, he had the police come, you know, they crowded around him. So for all of that bravado that he had about what he was going to do, he didn't bring it to the people well, when I mean, he came here. He damn sure didn't raise his voice with me. Well, he, well he's not going <laughs> to do that. But Milo, I mean, do seriously, you of all people, because they're two peas in the same pot. We don't Not even have quite, to over-analyze that. Him and, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Milo Spencer? or Richard? Spencer. Spencer. Milo and Spencer actually hate each other. Yeah, no. But they're two, but they're, but, they're, but they're, 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 they're two sides they, of they the same They hate coin. each other because they're competing for the same audience. Right. Oh, well. And they're yeah. competing for the same money. They do the same thing. And, oh, yeah. and, and both of them are trying to present this other view. See, this is the thing that people need to understand about white mainstream media. They fall for the okie doke because, see, a Spencer and a Milo, they don't wear clan hood. Nope. Mm. See, so it's that's all, the, so it's, it's how they dress. It's the, yeah. whole, the tweed jackets mm -hmm. with little patches and everything. And that's what made it and fascinating so, to everybody. Precisely. Yeah. Whereas we always understood the white citizens council in Mississippi, mm. in Georgia, in Dallas and other places, they were made up of the respectable people. Right. Mm -hmm. They were made up of the, the judges, lockers, the, door, the yep. sheriffs, mm -hmm. uh, the mayor. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody y'all saw, saw the Taraji Henson movie, Best of Enemies, uh, which was a great movie, uh, a great movie. Uh, she did not play some lackey who was just sitting here making white folks feel comfortable. Uh, she played this hardcore black activist in Durham, North Carolina. And in that movie, she, they, they were, uh, they were uh, uh, her nemesis was the head of the Klan there. Mm -hmm. Well, guess who was perfectly, who was in bed with them? Bankers, right. the mayor, mm -hmm. the city council, mm -hmm. and that's the reality. But see, Spencer comes along with this whole new message, this new sheen, and media starts talking about how his whole preppy look. No, racist will be racist. This is what they say and do. Uh, and so you got you got Milo Mac lost his book deal, got kicked off YouTube. Lost like two million dollars. All that complaining Long about. Sorry, no, he's two million dollars in debt. Right, and, and, and complaining debt. about how I'm, complaining about how I'm broke, and I'm like, I really don't care if uh, a bigot is broke. Sorry, that's what you are. And so it it, it it is hilarious just again watching watching these folks. But these are the people though. Melick, your boy wants voting for him. Who? Yeah. You say say that again. These are the folks your boy wants voting for. Well, I, I, I don't think he's so gung-ho on people like Richard Spencer and others voting for him. He does not mind if he gets their vote, but who, I don't think that that's who, something... Who, say, say it again. Uh, who, who was uh, Stephen Miller's mentor? 
Oh, it's Richard Spencer. Well, I you can <laughs> yeah you can draw the connection to Richard Spencer. I mean to Stephen Miller, but no, but, but Stephen, I'm, I'm sorry. Miller, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, you can use primary advisor. But I don't. I don't. I'm put sorry. Wait, Spencer and Who? Milo in the same one, one bag second. One as second. Stephen Miller. One second. You don't. No, you don't. How? I don't. Because when they put themselves in the same bag. Well, because hold on, 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 hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I want to slow this down. I want you to I want you to enunciate it clearly. Yeah. You so know what? Richard Spencer. <laughs> that that Richard Spencer. Yeah, that Richard Spencer, whiny guy mm -hmm. that was that was whining. Mm-hmm. Richard Spencer, by the way, that was hilarious. I thought he that, sounded I like he was going through puberty. I could I could He really did. Like the hilarious. cracking but of the was voice. The mentor Richard, for was the mentor Steven, you told me that. For Stephen Miller. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 hold on, wait, 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 for the, for the audience, explain who Stephen Miller is. Stephen Miller works in the White House. He's the person who's actually crafting the immigration policy for President Trump. Hold on, hold on, no, hold on, not just immigration. Oh, yeah, not just immigration. So if you're going to ask me oh, yeah. why I don't put them in the same box, I don't, I've never liked anything about Richard Spencer. I've never liked anything about Milo. You can disagree with some policies that Stephen Miller is advocating while he's in the White House, but from my perspective, Stephen Miller is not that racist, is not that white supremacist. So, in have, you, have you taken so a look at what's going on on the border? Stephen Miller yeah, on yeah, doing but this. What, 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 what's the racist policy that you're talking about? Oh, on the boy, border? we don't have time for but that. But that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> no, if you're going to ask we really, me why we, I don't put them in the same bag, I'm giving you, I'm saying, I'm saying you do, can do disagree we really with, need to go you through can the disagree whole border with, But you can disagree with policies that are going on at the border without calling someone separating family without and all that. but 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 how is that racist though all right um, then I'm saying, so, so now you're saying that separating people separating families that's a racist thing that's not what what I heard are from they, this uh, fool uh, uh, Richard uh, uh, Spencer are they separating, are they separating uh, white immigrant families well I, I where where are they come are they crossing the border are they separating wow. white immigrant families but I'm just saying are they crossing uh, 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 are they no, no, crossing no, no, the border there are white no they're coming through planes going but, uh, over the border but and they're, they're coming. And they're, they're coming. But they're they're overstaying visas. They're supposed to go through the the very same process. Mm -hmm. So why but that's, but that's, are the hundred thousand Canadians who overstay visas and stay in the United States? But we're not separating people. But, but, but they're not separating you know? people at so the border again, who overstay visas, though. They're not separate. As, as but they're said, not at the border separating know people who overstay visas. So that's know, a little again, intellectually the, the dishonest Trump, to make the that Trump argument. Policy you know, but it's the policy that of, would have been implemented by probably any of, Republican. No, that's not true. Well, are, are you that's kidding me? Yeah, why, no, why wouldn't no. it? No, that's why wouldn't that, it? it? The it only thing that it you, wasn't done the by only Bush. thing that you said it wasn't, about it wasn't the only thing, but, but Reagan we don't have the crisis. more immigration. But we he don't was somebody have the who was crisis that we're having now. But I don't believe that this is something that's so out of step. Are you kidding? With the mainstream Republican party. That was. That was the record was set under Bush. Right. He still didn't do the things that Trump is doing. But so because Trump did it, make it racist. That's not racist. You can disagree with it, Act but separating families is not a racist policy. It's a policy you don't agree with, but it's not racist. It's a convenient argument that the left likes to push. When you have Stephen Miller's own family, his own family called him out for his bigoted policies. His own family. I'm not... I'm not kin to him. I have people in my family who disagree with things that I say. And disagree with even me being a Republican. So that doesn't matter. Right, especially when you have family members 
I would probably say, what the hell do you think if you vote with Donald Trump and all this stuff? Well, they do. I have friends who say it, too. Yeah, absolutely. And guess what? They're right. No, they're not right. You just have they're, their wrong just like you're wrong. No, you just I, have I'm, an opinion. I'm not wrong. I'm but not you can't, wrong. You can't, you, he, you he can't is, tell me you, what you, I'm right You listen to that doing. woman talk about Africa. And after Donald Trump called Africa so, shit old countries, so you this, think this is this is you not, were like, this oh, is what a okay. good education. Okay, we but this is not what we're going to do. You heard what this is not what we're going to do on the set. Oh, this is not what we're going to do on the set. You heard you heard my response to what she said. I can do whatever I want to do. No, what she said. I didn't say you called. You don't have to invoke Donald Trump in the argument. You heard what I said. You heard what I said. We talked about Donald Trump. How am I invoking Donald Trump? So but you don't just, have to do that. I understand we, we, we talking it about Donald and all Trump. that type of stuff, but you don't have to go there. You well, don't have to go there where talking going, about man? how where I'm talking going? about how I'm listening to this African woman and voting for Donald Trump. I have a mind of my own. You I sure listen, do. I can listen to people all day long and disagree with things that they do. But you didn't but you disagree with her. Well, I didn't disagree you, with her. You agreed with her. But what she said was nothing about Donald Trump. She was talking about what's happening with France and Africa. I understand. This okay, is so France can do that. This is the anti-Trump resistance. I understand that. Oh, but you God. don't have to. You don't have to tie me listening to her and then talk about why am I supporting Donald Trump when over ninety percent of Black people vote Democrat anyway. So you, well, you don't have to. You you don't have to do that. But you don't see the parallels. What do you, What do you mean? What parallel? Well, let's talk about policy. Well, what what is Trump stealing from Black people? Okay. Well, I'm just saying, if you're saying the parallel, what's the actual parallel to what this sister was talking about as far as what's going on in Africa and what's going on in the United States of America? When he said, when he said, Nigerians won't go back wait, to their huts. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, easy. Well, hold on, hold on. We're talking about, wait, wait, she's, she's talking about the of she discussed, people. She discussed hold a policy. Hold up, very, hold up. She discussed hold up, very, 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 You're talking words No, 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 no. So let's go with the policy. No, no, actually... He's not talking. Well, yes, he no. is. Excuse oh, me. No, no. Excuse me. Well, that's what he just said. No, excuse no. me. But I am going to state facts and well, I just heard and he receipts. Donald Trump has changed policy, led by Stephen Miller, when it comes to dealing with Liberians. They've changed policy when it comes to limiting what they call refugees down to a low of eighteen thousand a year. The okay. People, excuse me, I'm not done. The individuals who helped us in Sudan fight terrorism, they basically said, mm, y'all can't come here. He, is, he has changed immigration policy we that has had a negative impact on African nations, on Haiti, nations of people of color. He has said, why can't we get more folks from Denmark? And so what you have is a colonizer in the White House. So I can link. I can link. Okay. I, actually, I can. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You can't. I, I can link you can't Donald Trump to what that sister was talking about uh, in those, uh, when she's talking about what has happened historically with African nations as well. When you have an individual who has no regard for African nations, who call them shithole countries, that's what he said. And his policies. So they won't go back to their And his policies <laughs> reflect that. Those are receipts, Malik. Well, those are, that, that's, I mean, as we already discussed, it doesn't matter what Donald Trump says or does. You're not no, 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 agree no. With Deal anyway. with the receipts. Well, did he do what well, I said about Liberia? I, I don't know the answer to that, Roland. 
I don't know the answer to that. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I don't know the answer to that. Kristen Clark, with the largest committee for civil rights under law, was on this show and talked about the well, fight. I, I, I wasn't I'm not on there. done. Well, I'm not and on there. Talked so about I don't know. the fight that they had with the Trump administration when it came to Liberians. Well, I don't talked know anything about, about that. Well, guess what? You know what? Well, damn it, use Google. Well, you yeah. want me to Google it on the show? But hold up. You you know about them lowering the, the number of, of refugees that are allowed in the country. You yeah, know that. I do know about that. But I, I do you know think about those, that. And, and you know about the things and I, and said I can, and I about, about I, the Somalian sisters and I can disagree with that or I can agree with it. But it doesn't mean that just because you guys have an opinion on something that I have to agree with what it is that you're saying. He lowered the number of refugees. You say, okay, well, that makes him a racist. That, that somehow, I guess... Um, the fact of what we were talking about. Bottom line is here, here, folks. Bottom line is here. It doesn't matter what folks, he says. It we does. just talked. Think he, we just talked about. We just talked about Richard Spencer. We talked about Richard Spencer. And you heard what Richard Spencer said. And we said point blank. You heard. And Richard Spencer said. Richard Spencer made it perfectly clear. Said hail Trump. Who who looked up to him when he was at Duke? If you are Stephen Miller, and you look up to a racist white supremacist in college. In fact, if you go back to look at the writings of, of uh, Stephen Miller in college, Stephen Miller then is the Stephen Miller now. And this is the man who is a senior advisor to Donald Trump in the Oval Office. It is clear, it is undeniable, it is factual. There are receipts, we can finger pop, you can do whatever you want to, but the bottom line is, a bigoted, racist Stephen Miller is advising the person who is sitting in the Oval Office. And don't forget, you've had individuals in the Trump administration who've had to resign because of their ties to other white supremacists. Hmm, something must be consistent if he seems to manage to attract consistent these type dislike of Donald people. Trump. No, That's these are just. Factual. That's what All right, folks, you want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered, please go to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. This is where, of course, we will call out the bigots, regardless of who they are. <laughs> and we'll show them exactly who they are. No, you don't, Roller. Such as the dude. Oh, yes, we do. No, you don't. Yes, we do. I mean, I'll be, I'll be more than happy. You, you will call, call, call out anything he that pays for place Trump or see, it's, it's, Republican see, it's, 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 It doesn't matter. You it's amazing. You call out. It's amazing. That they it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing when you make excuses for when you make excuses for a bigoted individual. All right, y'all. Rollerbartonfilter.com. Cash at PayPal. Square. Join our Bring the Funk fan club. Please support what we do. Tomorrow, I'll be traveling to Cabo. We broadcasting from Cabo on Thursday and Friday. Tomorrow, we got election results right here on Roller Martin Unfiltered. And I wonder if the, Miss the Mississippi candidate, remember the one uh, who to, uh, pictured in front of this massive Confederate flag? Remember that one? One of he won. Oh, matter of fact, it wasn't one Confederate flag. It's about 30 of them. But hey, it's a Mississippi thing. Probably Texas. No, it's not. That's your state. <laughs> The great, That's state, your state. the great state of Mississippi. That's the your state where, where, where the rebel flag the is great still where the, the, the rebel flag the is still of Mississippi. And and the I and I dare say I dare say the I dare I dare say the ambassador. The ambassador talked about the Berlin conference. Don't forget, it was in 1891 when Mississippi held a state a state convention. 
where they ensured that African American will never ever be elected statewide. That's not true. Let's deal with that. Actually, it was. Well, and how many African Americans have not I won the election? I said statewide. And but guess how many what? Afri- but how and many prior African Americans? Prior to that, there were African Americans. How many African Americans have that, been affected prior by that to law that, in Mississippi? Prior to that, African Americans were elected statewide. Let's talk about receipts. Ever since then, how many African Americans have been affected? By not that? one was elected. How many African Americans have been affected by it? Easy. None. None. Just done fit your argument. No, no, no. No. Nobody black can be elected statewide because it's your state. What? We, we've actually had black elected statewide in Texas. What? Have there been any elected black? Have there any? And it has Let nothing, me ask you a question. And it has nothing Let me ask you a to question. do with the law. Have there been any black elected statewide in Mississippi since 1890? I do not believe so. Let me ask you a question. According Jason, you teach African history. Have there been any black people elected statewide? First of all, you don't even have the answer. This is the game. Well, I do know. No, I, I asked you know. yes or no. Because, because no, no, we, yes we or no. To, no, it has not. So, it has so, nothing to do with so the law. there's not a single African American. It has nothing to do with what, the, what with it has the to do with. law that you're referencing. And in fact, you've read it. What just it has like to do I with? Have. That has been tested once in no, the history. What, what it has it's to do the with? 1890 law, and only one person has been affected by that. There was month Musgrove. Let me say, y'all. Eventually, ended up becoming. But see, Jason. But see, Jason. Now here's why. You can get rid of it. Here's why. Here's why. Is it, is why, is the because the law, because the law, the law that, is, that I'm speaking of, talk about truth, the law I'm speaking of, the law I'm speaking of is a way to simply protect. a lie, Roland. See, here's a piece. Nobody black can get through the current system in Mississippi. Mississippi created a backstop. Mississippi created a backstop. Mississippi created a backstop. Mississippi created a backstop. Because you don't if somebody black got through the one way, they got a second way. To stop How them from getting through. How many times has that law been tested, Roland? Because nobody, How many times has it because been nobody tested, black Roland? got through. How many times has I'm it been tested? I'm going to see out of our unfiltered. That's Mississippi, y'all. Once. That's Malik that's that's, State. Yeah, absolutely. You with can the Confederate bad, flag. You still, can mock Mississippi With, with the all rebel flag long, still in their flag. I for Mississippi. That's exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. You want to check out Roland Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered.
Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. This is Diallo Riddle, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Stay woke. This is Director X, the director of Superfly on the red carpet, or the black carpet, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Yo, what up, y'all? This is Jay Ellis, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Hi, I'm Chaylee Rose, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. I'm Lex Scott Davis, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. Eee! Check out Roller Martin Unfiltered, the blackest show on all of digital cable and broadcast. Check out our audio podcast. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roller Martin Unfiltered. Press play. Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.